Oh, no. Uh, hello, everyone, and welcome to Oh No with Anna Campion. It's me, your host, Anna Campion. Uh, same, same, but different. New week, new me. Uh, not really. Um, and I am here uh, with the lovely Meryl. Hi, Meryl. Hi. Hi. I'm the same, same, and I'm different. Yeah. So I should have um, clarified this literally a few moments ago when we were just pre-show chatting, but um, I my instinct Klimo. is to- Klimo? Okay. Yep, yep, Klimo. Klimo. I always Meryl say- Klimo. Yeah, like I always tell people Kleenex and mow the lawn, which then gets confusing because people will be like, Klee what? Or, yeah, like, yeah. Klimo. Okay, <laughs> cool. Well, hello, Meryl Klimo. How are you? I'm so good. How are you doing today? You know, I'm doing, I'm doing pretty well. It was kind of a rainy day here in New York, um, mm-hmm. but I kind of really like it when it rains in New York. Cause then like my apartment is super cozy. Cause we have, um, I moved into a new apartment, I guess in, in like mid July. So like t- two ish months ago. And this apartment has like a ton of natural light and a ton of windows and stuff like that. And we have a couple skylights. And so when um, it rains, you hear like the pitter patter on the skylights. That's really nice. That's so nice. I have a friend. Oh, after you. No, I was just going to say when we, we first moved in, I had a friend come over who was like, um, I, uh, I think there's mice in your kitchen. And I was like, what? And she was like, I keep hearing like a pitter patter. And then I went and I looked and I was like, oh my God, where are you hearing it? And she was like, oh, like right here. And I looked up and I'm like, oh, it's just because it's raining and it's on the sky. Like, and we don't have mice. So there you go. That's so nice. My, I have, I have a few friends that live in the New York area on Instagram and whenever they post stories of just like gray, but raining, I'm like, oh, I, I yearn for that. Like part of me yearns for that life. Um, but I was gonna say my new activity now is sometimes when I like eat, I like to look on Zillow. I don't know why, but it just like calms mm-hmm. me or, you know, I like to look at while I'm eating, but um, I love looking just at New York apartments. And cause I feel like out here is just so boring and kind of depressing, but for some reason I love just seeing like the different opportunities in New York and different, you know, and out, out here being your, your West coast, you're, you're saying you split your time between LA and San Diego. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yep. I split my time. I live half the time in Glendale, California, and then half the time in sunny San Diego, California. So, but yeah, but I'm almost like, I don't, I never look up around Zillow here. So I'm just like, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I like to, I have this new obsession that's like three weeks old where I just eat and look at apartments on Zillow, which is so funny. Well, yeah. I mean, there's quite the, there's quite the range here of of apartments. Um, We really lucked out, me and my roommate really lucked out with this apartment. Um, but, uh, but yeah. Um, so yeah, please tell my uh, captive audience a little bit about yourself and, and yeah, sort of how, how you've been passing your past year and a half <laughs> in, inside. Exactly. They're going to say how, my, how I have passed my past like 38 years, but um, <laughs> yeah. so yeah, I definitely have a, um, I think I'm an example of, you know, that people can switch around careers and jobs and just you know, different industries, if you will. I worked for a while at um, a music venue for many years when I first came out to California and I was doing more marketing there. Um, But I really saw this was around like 2000 and maybe like maybe 2011 and 12. And I kind of saw like the same way that I had really loved the music industry. I fell in love with podcasting right around that time. And I definitely saw that as the next coming wave. And I think like once I just discovered the the medium of podcasting, it really was a game changer for me and I fell in love with it. So I started podcasting. I was lucky enough to be at a music venue where we had artists there come in all the time. And obviously they were looking for content and the the venue itself was looking for content. So I started the podcast there 
and really got to learn about podcasting firsthand and got to interview some, you know, really legendary musicians and um, people that I had no business interviewing. And right. <laughs> I'm almost happy it started that way where I started like, you know, it's like that beginner's confidence where I was like, today, we're just going to sit down with CeeLo. And then now <laughs> it's like, doing it I'd be like oh shit I'm a little bit worried so you know now it's fine but um yeah I really got my first interview by myself was with the whole band of rusted roots <laughs> so yeah. it was like Jesus yeah of, yeah so it was like just sitting by myself being like okay all of you in rusted root so I think there I just learned about the the and having your own podcast and you know every basic end of production of it um, and then from there, I decided to leave working at the venue and just pursue podcasting as a freelancer full time. And so that now up to this day includes, um, I do a lot of show note writing, which is, you know, basically copywriting for podcasts. Um, I do a lot of guest booking for some podcasts here in LA. Uh, I have my own podcast, which I'm sure we'll talk about. And then I also do some comedy. So it's a very, very cool. you know, I do stuff and I I'm about to write an article on it for um for a podcasting site but I'm really amazed and encouraged by how many jobs there are in podcasting that are you know people just think of the traditional like host or you know editor but I think there's beginning to be stuff like project manager or you know and this is my comedian friend Helen that's oh. leaving right <laughs> <laughs> you can see her bye Helen see you later. okay she's going to come back in a second but yeah one of my good friends from LA is coming is staying down here but mm -hmm. um Yes. Yeah, so through Helen is an example of uh, doing comedy. I've met some really cool people here. And just through that, then I help people write their podcast show notes. And then that translates into like blog writing and other copywriting. So that's kind of my, my work background is I do a lot of things, but at a party, I just tell people I work in podcasting. Yeah, definitely. No, that that's super cool. Yeah. I've been podcast. I've hosted two. This is my second podcast I've hosted and I've done Ooh. that. Um, gosh, when did I start it? I think I started it my sophomore year of college and it went until my senior year of college. So like a year and a half, two year, two and a half years. And then so were you doing it in your dorm room. No. So I was, uh, my, my college, uh, right before I got there, got a ton of funding from, uh, of basically the, the guy who started like the AV department at my mm -hmm. college, like, you know, when he passed away, he left a ton of money to the school. And so they built this like state of the art media center. Wow. And so we had, um, we had like recording booths and, uh, you know, we could check out mics and, and, and different kinds of equipment and stuff like that. So it was, uh, it was pretty sweet. It was, uh, it was very, it was kind of similar to what you're saying, where I kind of had just like, it was kind of good. Cause I had beginner's confidence and just had yeah. access to like really nice stuff, exactly. which I think, yeah. Then when I, you know, moved out to New York after graduating and I was like, well, I want to keep, you know, I want to start like my own thing. Um, like I knew kind of like, okay, I can just buy a USB mic and like, it's going to be fine. And like, I'm going to figure it out. Yeah. So it is funny now because at the venue, I had almost everything paid for. And then now <laughs> my podcast partner and I were like, these batteries were, were $15. Can you Venmo me $750? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, no, I mean, I, I really like it. I like doing it. And obviously you like doing it too. So I'm, yeah, I'm happy to it. have you on. Me too. Me too. And one thing I forgot that randomly in the middle, like right before the pandemic, I was did morning radio here, like randomly, which wasn't even a dream of mine, but mm -hmm. obviously is like so many people, you know, to be on the radio. Um, but I had had a longtime friend that 
he's a radio host and then he got the opportunity to do a morning show here so it was so funny and random we're like for a full year I was like a morning radio DJ which I never really thought about mm-hmm. it but it, it's funny because as like a creator we dream of that of getting our message out to a bigger audience and I think it's funny because I definitely dealt with there were some days where I just was like you know I don't want to talk about myself or I'm sick of like people calling in and having direct feedback of if I if you say you like yeah I think one day I sometimes I mess with the audience and I was just tell them like oh in and out burgers aren't that good you know that's yeah, yeah. everyone worships in and outside so I knew some stuff that would stir people up but it is funny how it's like you know, with podcasting, you're like, I can do this every day, nonstop. But then there are moments where you're just like, I'm feeling shy or like sensitive. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, so that's, that's the thing. So yeah, that ended right around the pandemic time, which I was actually grateful for because yeah. I hate waking up that early. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah. So, um, you know, uh, my podcast is of course about embarrassing stories as, as you mm-hmm. know, so, um, are you a person, do you find that you get, um, do you, do you find yourself like in embarrassing situations a lot? No, I definitely, I, I definitely, right now, see, right now would be a situation that I'm embarrassed, but not right now with the, the listeners, there's my beautiful friend, Helen, behind me. Hi, Helen. She's going to a, a, a video shoot. Um, Have fun, Helen. Yeah, Helen's really cool. Everyone follow her at Helen Shepherd one. Um, she's really <laughs> funny and cool. But uh, she, or not she, um, I feel like I was thinking about this a lot and I don't get embarrassed easily. And I feel like, there's this part of me that I love putting myself in situations where like that whole embarrassing feeling kind of courses through your whole body. And I feel like, I almost feel like it's so weird. I feel like it's like a part of a meditation or something where sometimes if I am really embarrassed, um, I had a moment the other day where like I got a little tipsy at a party and I started talking smack about a friend that wasn't there and I felt so bad. And it was just like, I kind of said too much about this person that I shouldn't have. Mm -hmm. And I really, the next day in the shower, I had um, just this moment where, you know, I was having anxiety, which is, I think what TikTok oh, yeah. calls it. Oh yeah. yeah. So it's like, we can all relate where it's just like, why was I flapping my mouth? And I felt really bad about talking about this nice person. And then I really just wanted to like sit in that pain almost and just be like, <laughs> you know, I'm going to feel this feeling because I created it, but I also know that I can grow from it and I'm not going to like put project it onto someone else. So I feel that way with embarrassment where, if there is something that's embarrassing, I really try to like ingest it fully. I know that sounds insane because I think there's like such growth in embarrassment, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, I, I think I've, I've evolved on embarrassment too, where I think now I'm just like, when I actually feel it, I I think it's good to like, well, I think when you feel anything, it's good to let yourself like feel it. And it's important to sit in, in it, even if it's uncomfortable and especially when it's uncomfortable, in fact, um, so yeah, I think that's a really good sort of outlook to have on embarrassment. Yeah. And I feel like I kind of played it a little safe to, in, I, in some ways, like I think I have stuck to some things where I'm like, okay, I can be embarrassed, but I, I control it or whatever. But I think trying, doing stand-up comedy, um, I just started like right around the pandemic, the, the beginning of it. And I've done maybe about like seven or eight live shows for now, you know, it's definitely something I want to continue to do at like maybe one show a month or so, you know, I'm not like a mm-hmm. hardcore out of right. open mic. But I think like that was really the first time where I felt, it wasn't even embarrassed because I didn't embarrass myself, but it was more like 
just seeing some people not like you and some people like you. And then, you know, I would look out into the audience and see a woman with like her arms folded and just basically she's showing me that she's kind of like, you know, I'm, I'm listening to you and what I'm seeing isn't something I really like. So I think that was really good for my ego and my everything just to have that and kind of still learn to move through it because, you know, I, I feel for performers a lot. Cause it's like, we always think of these comedians and musicians as like looking out into a sea of adoring fans but a lot of times it's like oh no you have to people are noticing that other people aren't liking them or that people are yawning or you know, yeah. stuff like that yeah you definitely so, have yeah, to win so, people over yeah 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 but i definitely have a few like top embarrassing moments i don't know if you want me to share them now or i wouldn't have invited you on if i didn't want you to i i, I invite you to share oh. yeah take a sip get get okay. ready Oh, also, I just want to, my coffee cup, my friends laugh so hard because my lipstick tends to get, uh, <laughs> my friends are like, how do you get lipstick on your coffee cup that like, were the parts that you don't even touch it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My, um, I, I'm notorious in my family for, um, which is like weird. Cause it's not even like, I'm like a huge eater or anything like that. Um, but I'm a messy mm. eater. And so um my in my family I'm notorious for getting food like on my face like up on my forehead so like when I was when I was home uh last month for my mom's birthday um I like went and you know I was helping like cut caters cake or something and I sat back down and PJ my brother PJ was like you have chocolate like on your hairline and I'm like I don't know how that happened (laughs) so I, I definitely get it I'm the same way too. Yeah. My boyfriend will be like, why do you have like orange chicken, like in your, <laughs> stuck in your hair? And I was going to say too, before I share my, like mo- the main embarrassing moment, I, the, the only times I really still like think of something in the past and have that like twinge, it always has to do with um, like boys I've liked. And I know oh, it's sure. so funny. Yeah. I feel like we're stuck in like age 12 or 13 forever. Yeah. It's a romantic one. And I think like the first time I really ever felt super embarrassed was that um, there was this guy that I just like loved forever, you know, for like a decade basically. And I was a camper and he was my camp counselor. And I just always had a big, big crush on him. And one day he was sitting next to me and he would always like, just kind of like, you know, uh, razz me about stuff. And so he was like laughing. Cause he's like, Oh, you have a dog hair on your chin that, you know, like, and he went to go brush it off and it wasn't coming off. And I yeah. had just like a big long, it was my, you know, now I'm like, okay, chin hair, no problem. But I just yeah. remember stuck on him is there stuck like with him on the bus of him being like she has a chin hair she has a chin hair and it was like the longest that's a dick move on his part that's a dick move on his part but that is humiliating I totally get it it is humiliating and then later on I went on to work a summer job that I thought he was I only really worked it because he was involved and part of it was scraping this pool like this giant empty pool and um, we were talking and it was like the summer and he wasn't really paying attention to me. And I remember I fell in the pool and I had my backpack on and I slid down the side of the pool like a turtle and ended up like, I know. And so I, I remember just being on my back with my backpack on looking up at him and him just like looking above me and me shaking his head. <laughs> it was just like, oh. I, feel, we, I feel like we all feel this way where when you get around someone, you're just more like calamity prone. And mm-hmm. I, you know, and I think it's just because I still look back and I'm like, God, it's so like, I could still, it's, it's been decades, but I still yeah. feel that like, oh God, kind of feeling. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. It's so funny how that happens. It's, it's always like, yeah, it's just people of interest that seem to make it weird. But 
the the story I, I just want to share here is that I do do a lot of weird stuff and you know have to entertain myself and just have to make my friends laugh or whatever. And so out, um, there's a show on CBS called Face the Truth. I don't know if mm-hmm. you guys ever heard hear it, but it's hosted by Vivica Fox. Um, I know Vivica Fox. Oh yeah, she's so pretty in real life too. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised I didn't faint over meeting her. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but I had. Uh, they, it's like a makeover show slash you know you obviously you bring someone on and it's kind of like a um like you know this is your intervention of you know what well, you need to face the truth like, about a, like a what not to wear kind of thing exactly like yeah we've been worried about you or we've been embarrassed by you in this way so one of my really good friends is an etiquette expert and you know uh, an etiquette expert that a lot of major journals and and media outlets call when they're like doing uh, an article know, about you know yeah how do you say no at a dinner party or you know she's done a lot of pandemic how to behave at how to behave at christmas dinner kind of thing exactly and now now all her content is like where do i put my mask when i sit down or like Mm -hmm. (laughs) like, you know how how to get along without killing your uh your non you know whatever right and so so she was a um a featured person on the show and her segment was she needed to make make over a quote unquote hot mess. And so she was going to take this person that's a mess in their life. And then they were going to do this big reveal and big, you know, swan moment where they turned me into to someone else. And so she had asked me because she knows like, I am kind of a mess in real life. You know, like I am really, as we were talking about, like my food is always in my hair too. Mm-hmm. And I always have lipstick all over. And so like, I'm definitely proud of, of that or I'm not, not proud, but I'm at least not embarrassed by that. And she had invited me to be on the show. And at the time I was like, yes, this is going to be amazing. And they actually, they sent a camera crew to San Diego to film me eat a rotisserie chicken because I, <laughs> cause like they had, they had, they said, they told me list the ways that you are a hot mess. And I was like, mm-hmm. I eat rotisserie chicken with my hands. And like, I get mm-hmm. the skin all over. I eat like a cave woman. So they, they had these people drive down with a rotisserie chicken in the car yeah. and they were filming me being like, and then I, I even like took the grease and like, I put it all over my steering wheel. It was just like, it really was like insane. And so then, mm-hmm. so they filmed this whole thing. And then the day of the shoot came and I had, I was on the TV set, you know, it's on the CBS lot. And so pretty much the whole set is like, you're in the round. It's almost like a Shakespeare round where it's like mm-hmm. the audience around you. And then I'm in the middle and, right. um, and they brought me out and kind of played the video of me being a hot mess and just not knowing how to wear high heels or really do anything. And then the big reveals that it comes to me and then I'm wearing a dress and high heels. And so I, I thought like at one point I'm like, okay, this is funny. I'm along with it. But then like from the moment on of just being like literally center stage with like people laughing around me and then like Vivica felt, Fox felt a little her- bit, felt a little bit less like you, you didn't feel like you were in on the joke anymore. Exactly. It, it just, it really felt like people were like, ha ha, like mm-hmm. pointing at you. I really think it, it's, it's what people dream of in nightmares where you are like in the center of a circle and people are pointing and laughing. Like that's really what it felt like. And so of course, like I tried to go along with it and be a good sport and I had fun the day of, and like they were, everyone was very gracious, but then driving home, I was kind of like, oh, I don't know if I, w-. like, this is going to be embarrassing when the people in not only my friends, but people that don't know me, like they're really going to be thinking about, you know, everything about what what happened. And so, um, so sure enough, a few weeks later it came out and the comments on it were just like so bad. I mean, there was comments like about my weight comments about that. I shouldn't be eating the rotisserie Mm -hmm. chicken and just like all of middle, I mean, I'm going to refer to it as middle, middle America. I'm sure it was both, but a lot of like, you know, just the everyday TV viewer at home was definitely like, 
you know, commenting that I look Jew, that I am, I am Jewish, but like commenting about like my Jew knows it and just like stuff that I'm like, I believe that this people are like that mean over just a girl eating rotisserie chicken. And so then I think that was one thing. And then the second part that made it actually embarrassing to me was my friends just like almost like, and running with it like they should because I pretty much have asked it, you know, been going on national TV. But like for the month after, it was like all anyone really talked about when we went out to eat or if we were somewhere, right, it was like right. a hot mess. Meryl's like a, a total mess or like she can't do this or that. And I think like normally it wouldn't affect me, but I think my little sensitive like little crab claws came out. <laughs> and so well, I would and say also like, it's like, you know, um, when you're already feeling insecure about something, which like, you know, I, I mean, I think anyone in your position after reading like a ton of internet comments about how you're this and that and the other thing, um, like, I think that could really, even if there are things that you're like, I don't, I think I'm great. It's like, you know, it's hard to not internalize some of that. And so when you're already feeling like insecure about something, and then your friends who normally, if they rib you about it, you would be kind of like, ha ha ha. Like, um, yes. you kind of, you kind of like snap at them and are like, Hey, no, like, like the, this yeah. actually, the, the, like a similar situation happened to me, like really recently where basically like, you know, I like was, I was in a situation and my, and, you know, I made sort of the best decision I could in the situation, but I wasn't feeling very good about it. Like it was kind of one of those things where like the decision I made that was good for myself, um, ended up like kind of having to hurt, I had to hurt another person and that's like uh-huh. never cool. And uh-huh. I was telling one of my friends about it and she was kind of like not taking it super seriously and was kind of like, um, you know, like she kind of thought that I didn't care about it as much as I did. Uh, like and so, like yeah. So she, she was being flippant about it because she thought that I was being flippant about it. And I had to be like, listen, I need you to be just like, just be nice to me right now. Either we're not going to talk about this or you're going to be nice to me if we talk about this, because like, I'm kind of not feeling great about this and like, you are not helping. And she was like, oh my God, I had no idea, but it's, it is hard. So I totally get like why you I mean, were feeling no, that it way. is so funny yes and I think like in in I definitely like portray a clown in like everything that I tried to do and you know I'm very like my podcast is all about like being a shit show and you know mm-hmm. and and then it is funny when we do have little moments like that and like yours where people might not know when something is like gnawing at us and it's like a little sensitive subject yeah yeah and also I mean number one like fuck anyone who leaves like comments about stuff like that on anything yeah. like because I mean you know rule of thumb the only reason you ever need to comment on, on on someone's appearance is to be complimentary or if it's something they can fix in like a minute like right yeah. oh oh yeah. your make oh your makeup smudged oh you have something in your teeth oh like you have yes. like a weird thing you should brush your hair whatever something that is constructive criticism that will turn out yeah. better but I fucking hate it when people comment on, and particularly women. Um, yeah. I mean, like, I ugh, ugh, ugh. I could get into it. I'm not an I'm not an expert on things like you know, uh, anything like bullying or 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 um, you know, self image or social media stuff. But it's just like I I have like seen firsthand like how stuff like that like can really not my friends. 
and, and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. And people I know, and even like, you know, celebrities and it's like, you know, you see, and it's like, you know, I think you're a very beautiful woman. And so it's just like, it like bums me out that you felt like that. You know what I mean? Because it's like, there's no reason, there's no reason. Like, like, how did that make your day better? And like, I think, yeah, it's just hateful and it's bullshit. I think so too. I think anyone that ever, I always just think like people that feel good about themselves physically, emotionally, you know, spiritually, all that way will never dog on someone for their weight or their like, you know, weight kind of almost doesn't matter. You can like, you could not in a minute, but you could change it all over. You know, it's kind of like, I kind of don't care about people's weight, but yeah, yeah. people, it, it, it's so funny too. Cause it was a lot of women that were commenting as well. And yeah. I'm like, you know, chances are they're not secure in their bodies either. So I think it is crazy. And yeah, I mean, honestly, like a lot of times that I do like, uh, like YouTube stuff or podcast stuff, or, you know, maybe not podcast stuff because they can't see, but it's definitely like, I think other people have cared about my weight in the past on video or media more than I have. And so, um, it is weird, but I think, I think maybe also that that situation did hit harder because I wasn't really being myself. Like I was just sitting there, you know, and, and also like, I mean, bless their hearts and Vivica Fox was very nice, but also like her panel of women, just, she couldn't have found more kind of like, I don't want to say vapid, but it's, I didn't have a ton of, when the lights went out, I, they weren't like, you know, tell us what you studied at school or, you know, right. it wasn't yeah, those, yeah. Like, educationally satisfying conversation. So, yeah. um, so yeah, but I think overall, it, these things are good because they definitely teach you to, and it's funny at the, like, yeah, it's very, very funny. And it teaches me not to be, I think it's a good learning lesson on like, like sometimes we do things to like project ourselves a certain way. And then mm-hmm. when it comes back to us, it's like, oh shit, I'm the one that is like asking for this on some level, you know, yeah. not the weight stuff, the hot mess. No. Stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think, and you know, there is, um, I'm super into the bachelor franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's a ton of that in there. And I think a lot of what happens in these sort of like reality, you know, TV situations and, and, you know, and your thing, like these makeover shows or like, you know, survivor or, you know, whatever you want to call it. It's like, you have to basically like boil yourself down to like two characteristics and then it's totally up to the producers and the directors and the editors to like make you look either good or bad and they have full like they have full control over that and then you know and then America receives you and and they will receive you one way or another and so it's super daunting and I mean like in a way like yeah you signed up for it but also like you really don't have any idea what you're signing up for when you do something like that like there's only like so much I don't know like there's only so much you can know as someone who hasn't experienced that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I definitely, I can't imagine how people like that, like day in and day out, I guess you just teach yourself not to even look at it or you kind of don't care. Yeah. That's got, I think you have to, I think you have to like ascend to a higher plane in order, in order to be successful because like, it's one of those things where you're like, I like, I don't know if I would like, I truly don't know if I'd be able to handle it. I really don't. So but the highlight of my day, which is people, um, I don't think they show this, but Vivica Fox said something. And then like, I think like I winked at her and she winked back and we were like, I'm like, oh my God, did I just flirt with you, Vivica Fox? And yeah, she's like, yeah. yes. 
So I'm like, anyone could say what they want to say. I just, I just flirted with Vivica Fox. So that's okay. Yeah, <laughs> like so I, fuck I, everyone else. Like, exactly. Exactly. I'm like, it's okay with that. So yeah, I think, I think that, and I think, you know, like, I, I think iPad would definitely people would consider, like, uh, I think other people get embarrassed of my situations too. I have this late, this new thing lately where like my feelings have been hurt if someone unfollows me on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I feel like on, on my podcast, I, I kind of went off on this one comedian that I, that like he unfollowed me and I hope he dies. I'm like, you know, of course I don't know. I don't mean that at all, but I yeah, think yeah. I just like went off for a little bit. And then it turned out that he like not, he was just not following me in the first place. And then <laughs> I ended up, it so funny. Then he ended up inviting me to his wedding and I had to go to his wedding and people were like, listeners loved it because they were like, I'm humiliated on behalf of you. This is so embarrassing that like, I publicly said that I hope his like, I think I said, I hope he gets diabetes and like, he Oh my God. That is fun just, though. And, and he was a good sport about it. So like, very good sport. yeah, yeah, so yeah. Very, very good. Sport. That's pretty funny. Um, I once, yes. I once actually was also on national daytime television. Um, really? Yes. Uh, I was in New York in like March, 2019. And I was here for spring break my senior year. Cause I wanted to move up here, but I wanted to like spend a week here and just kind of like mm-hmm. visit some friends and like, see, you know, what that might be like. And, um, I was walking to, uh, MoMA, the Museum of Modern Art for those who are uncultured. And, uh, in, in order to get to sort of the main, uh, campus of, uh, the Museum of Modern Art, um, in Midtown, you have to rock, you have to walk right by, um, basically Rockefeller Center, um, and like where, like, you know, um, like Jimmy Kimmel films and, you know, all this, all this okay. sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yep. Um, at, at least I think I, it's either that or wherever Stephen Colbert films, but like they're all in Midtown and I'm pretty sure it's 30 rock. Um, but regardless, it doesn't really matter. Just imagine, you know, one of these big buildings that like uh-huh. you always see people line up out of in order to, There's you know, get tickets to something. see some show, um, mm-hmm. some like late night thing. Um, and I was walking to MoMA and two things happened to me. Uh, the first was that I saw Tilda Swinton and I was like, oh my God. And we made eye contact and she nodded at me and nice. then kept walking. And I was like, and I mean, exactly as ethereal as you imagine. And the second thing was I, you know, I'm walking by myself. Like, you know, I have my bag and like, I'm very clearly by myself. Mm-hmm. And I saw like a sort of like a camera crew and I, I was a film major. And so whenever I see like a camera crew or something, I'm always kind of I'm a, like and I I like media. So I'm always kind of like, oh, what's up here? And yeah. this uh, this lady who is clearly a producer was like, do you want to be on TV? And I'm like, sure. What do I have to do? And she was like, are you um, a parent? And I said, no, and I will never be. And she was like, will you pretend to be a single parent? And I said, sure, yeah, why not? And so they fed me this question that I had to like ask, you know, some parenting expert. And it was something along the lines of, if you go to my Twitter at I am the champion, um, it is uh, my pinned tweet is like the clip of it, which my uh, which um, my good friend Anna's mother, thank you, Mrs. Suarez, uh, filmed for me. Um, but um, Basically, they fed me this question that I had to ask this like parenting expert. And I had to pretend that I was a single mother. 
And the question was something along the lines of like, hey, Lauren, or whatever her name was. I'm actually, I think it was Lauren. Um, how do I like stop comparing myself to parents who seem like they have it all together? And so um, that like aired, it aired and my, and my friend's mom got it for me and I put it up on Twitter and um, you know, I put it up and I was like, here's me pretending to be a single parent on national television. And um, it was really funny. Cause a lot of, a lot of it, it ended up, you know, it didn't go like viral or anything, but it got mm-hmm. like, it got some traction. It got like a couple hundred retweets and, and stuff like that. Um, so, and all my friends were like, this is really fun. Like all my friends were like, I can't fucking believe it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, All my friends were like, I can't fucking believe you did this. And I was like, "Eh, whatever. And then, but as I started gaining, you know, more traction, I'm starting to get replies from, you know, people I don't know. And so they're, and, and at first they were like, you know, LOL, this is pretty funny, whatever. And then I had a couple who's like, oh, I didn't know we were making fun of single parents now. And I'm like, okay, okay. I'm not making fun of single parents. (laughs) Like I'm, I'm, I got asked if I wanted to be on TV. I did. They asked me to pretend I did. Right. I'm not making, listen, I admire single parents. I, I could never do it. I have no plans on doing it. I respect what I respect by not being whatever. <laughs> and not. Listen, it's the same. It's the same way I feel about like doctors. I'm like, yes, listen, I, uh, me putting on a lab coat and pretending to be a doctor for Halloween. I'm not making right. fun of doctors. I could never do it. <laughs> like, and um, sometimes I'll tell my boyfriend, I'm like, could you imagine right now in our day if we had like a child here? Like, how would we even? I don't understand how oh we my would God. do that. No. And, and like, eventually, like I got this one comment who's like, oh my God, it was like, you know, replied to the tweet. So I saw it. And then this girl, I guess, like tagged her friend. It was like, OMG, this girl is a liar. We watched this yesterday. And I'm like, okay, well, number one. Yeah. It's TV. Yeah. It's all a lie. Get yes. used to it. Yeah. Sweetheart. You also, know, why were you watching this? Like who was watching yeah, this? It's like daytime yeah, television. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it was pretty funny. I, I still have it pinned because I do oh, think it's, check it out. It I is one of the, that. it is one of the funnier things that's happened to me. Um, and that I've done and I've done some pretty funny shit, but that is just like, it, I just found that I, I just love that. I love the mindset that re, that television producers have. Like I, yeah. I it's, I don't know if I could necessarily be one, but I would love to be friends with one because they're so quick and they're so like, oh, that's not going to work. Okay. Let's try this. Like, they're so like, I feel like they would be the best person to go on vacation with and, and sort of like, and sort of like schedule an itinerary with itinerary with, because then they could, um, be the ones that are like, okay, wine tour sold out. Okay. Well then here's what we're going to do. I found a brewery bus and we're going to go on that or like whatever, you know, whatever bullshit, like, okay, this beach, we have to pay for parking. We're not going to do that. I found this shuttle, like, you know, stuff like that, where it's like, they, I love, I loved the attitude of that woman who was just like, are you a parent? And I'm like, no, sorry. And she was like, do you want to pretend to be one? Like, yeah, fuck it. Yeah. Yeah. Reminds me of my, along with my Zillow obsession. Have you ever seen the show house hunters? Oh, have I? Oh, have I? 
You like that was it? One of my, um, yeah, that was one of my, um, me and my siblings. Well, me and my family, actually, that was one of our, like, the five of us could all watch it when, you know, we were in like, when me and my siblings were in like, you know, middle and high school, because we, you know, I have a, a little brother and a little sister and then my mom and my dad, and we all have different tastes, but like house hunters is something that we all really, you know, we all enjoyed. It's, it's like the same as like great British baking show. I feel because you yeah. can kind of all be like, like, you know, my brother would be like slouched on the ground. He'd be like, they're going to pick number three. And my mom would be like, absolutely not. They're going to go with number one, <laughs> and, you know, like stuff like that. So, um, yeah. but yes, I love house hunters. Because I went down a rabbit hole with that too. And reading about the production of how they kind of cheat it in the way where, you know, sometimes they'll already, they've already bought the house. They've already yes. bought the house. Yeah, already about the house, and I hate to spoil it for people that still think it's real. But it's like, yeah, a lot of times they were talking about a producer was talking about how they would even like rent out an Airbnb and move everything out of the Airbnb. It almost just seems like it seems like it could be done a little bit easier. But yeah, people would like they'll pay people to basically move out of their house and then pretend. And so that kind of stuff is crazy. And I even had I devastated friends when I would tell them on the radio that like you know a lot of the bits now of like War of the Roses or when someone's trying to call and say that the other person cheated and like it's all actors and you know we hire mm-hmm. those actors and stuff so like your thing too where people are upset that you're a liar it's like yeah pretty much everything you're enjoying is like either you know staged or someone's being paid for it <laughs> yeah that's um that's why I find it funny to be into the bachelor um well and you yeah. know so you and I were actually just talking about this before you're you're a bit of a conspiracy theorist mm-hmm. um which not in a QAnon way not in a QAnon way, nope. But um, so I think it, um, my uh, friend of the pod, Margo, she's been on, um, she was like, you know what I find? All my friends who like Taylor Swift also like The Bachelor. And you want to know why that is? I think you guys like a, like a secret and you like a story and you like theories and you like to map things out with red string on a board. And I'm like, you're absolutely right. That is exactly what I love about it. I love picking up Easter eggs. I love looking in preview footage for next week on The Bachelor. And I'm like, yeah. ooh, ooh, Jake's going home. Jake's going yes. home. We got no more footage of him. I, I'll bet something's going to happen with Jake. And, and everyone's like, I, and then, but then there's like a huge percentage of the population who's just tuning in to watch. Like they're not, they're not thinking, they're not thinking, they're not, they're not expanding <laughs> their mind in the way they need to, to be able right. to enjoy all four chessboards, you know, yep. um, but yeah, it's like, so it's, um, so I'm like, so, you know, when I'm on like Twitter or something while the, while the bachelor or something is showing and everyone's like, oh my God, I can't believe that this person did this. And I'm like, Mm-mm, you don't understand. They're getting paid per day to be yeah. on that beach. So of course they're going to do that. Right. And like, of course they're going to say like yeah. anything or that, except the last one. If you're not here for love, why are you here? Money. It- Money, money and fame and Instagram followers. Yeah. Brand deals. Yeah, totally. And, and honestly, maybe the same way that you and I just to like make their friends laugh or, you know, just to like yeah, just go have on it to, to do. Yeah. Especially, especially when, um, you know, they, they started making these pandemic seasons and everyone's like, oh, well, he's here for the wrong reasons. Like, of course, he just wanted to get out of his house. Yeah. Of he doesn't like Tasha that much. There's right. no chemistry. <laughs> he's just being oh gosh, nice. He just, he's just being nice and that's okay. And she's right. nice back. And this is just something for him to do <laughs> this yeah. is in, you know, bumfuck Illinois or wherever. 
Yeah. I feel like a lot of people like start that way and they're like, I just want to be famous. And then the next thing they know, they're like married on the bachelor and they're on people I know. magazine. Oh my God. Too far. <laughs> and they're, and then you they're like in love. Yeah. They're yeah. Maybe in love. I'm going to add to that too, because I think as like a conspiracy theorist who also loves Taylor Swift and all that stuff, I, I get into like, almost too obsessed to um, like celebrity ships because I feel like that is also kind of it has an element of conspiracy theory yes. like for the longest time I'm a um a harmonizer I love Fifth Harmony so much sure. and they had Camila and Lauren two of oh, the girls in the oh film. yeah I I saw some I wasn't a harmonizer right. but I saw some pretty compelling evidence that led I, me to believe I, that believe they that they dated yes me too and even like um what is it Harry and Louie from Wonder uh oh Larry Wonder- sure see yeah, some compelling Larry, evidence yeah. there too yes Taylor Carly Claus Taylor Swift that's my number I one I believe in that too yes and I get so into it and like I feel like I almost I want it to be true and then I, for a 38 year old woman I really like I'm way too like I think about this stuff way too much and so listen age is, age is about a number unless it comes to mm-hmm. dating and then it gets a little weird but <laughs> in terms of your like passions and interests like I mean here's the thing especially in this pandemic and you know everyone has been inside forever um let people have what makes them happy. And if yeah. that's, and if that's believing with your whole heart that Harry Styles and Louis Tomlinson had sex, then so be it. Then so be it. Yes. Then so yep. be it. As long as you're not weird about it, as long as you're not like, you know, obsessively tweeting Harry Styles about it, as long as you're not yeah. bugging them, fuck it. Believe what you want to believe, figure it out. I'm Do a puzzle. Yeah. And then a few weeks ago, all of us Cameron stands for Camila and Lauren. We were freaking out because Camila accidentally liked a photo of Lauren, even though they've been unfollowing each other for months. And and we were all like, like I I told my like my boyfriend, like this like it, I feel like an extra pep in my step today. Like I need yeah. to know what happened. <laughs> you know, yeah. so it's like and then yeah, I feel like they'll also play into it just a little bit by every now and then, like giving us a tiny tiny breadcrumb of like some glimmer that something and people will also and I think that is my conspiracy mind where like they'll be like are Lauren and Camila at the same place and they'll do this like CGI zooming Mm -hmm. in of like someone's plant and someone's wearing a scarf and it's just like Mm -hmm. it definitely is my my brain something to do yeah well yeah and 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 also I mean I think in the this none of this would happen if there wasn't social media but there is social media and so and there's a pandemic. And so like, when you mix those two together, you're going to get some crazy thoughts yep. and some, and, and not, and actually I won't say that they're not crazy. All of these that we have talked about are founded. We're not, we're not preaching about vermictum or whatever the fuck, <laughs> like in, in vermictum, whatever it is. Like, these are things that like, we have data. We yes. have evidence to back I mean, it up. Absolutely. I mean, they held hands and I saw it. Yeah. Listen, Carly and Taylor lived together. There was absolutely, they were both millionaires. There was no reason for them to share an apartment. Yeah, I, I agree. And their road trip and yep, exactly. Yeah, I know. And, and you I, know. Just, I got got over, um, I don't know if you know who, who Addison Ray is. I don't know. She's like, oh, uh, sure. I'm, I'm familiar. Addison and and her or ex boyfriend Bryce and their ship named Bradison and I'm just like yeah I, I get so affected I get I honestly like, it like affects my life I'm like Bradison is back together and then can't, I can't bring myself to care too much about TikTokers um because 
I know. Well, the thing is, is that like, to me, they have gotten famous from social media. So it's almost less interesting. It's like less of a challenge in some way, because like, like, like Addison Ray and Bryce Hall know that they will each get another, you know, however many of each other's followers again, if they get back together, you know what I mean? Like, it's almost like at that point, it's like, oh, this isn't really real life for you guys anymore. This is just like an extension of your like celebrity status. And I also find them both extremely boring. Really? Yeah. It's so funny. For some reason, I love Addison, but I think they are, if I met them and had to sit down with them, I'd probably be like, oh, this is what I look at. Like, yeah, it's not. Well, I think, I think they just like are people who I think they got famous really young, which like, you know, that, that happens. But I think that sometimes it, and it's like, I feel like when you get famous that young, you either become an extremely boring person or you develop drug problems. Yeah. And, and then you're definitely not boring, but you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that I wish that upon people or anything, but it's just like, it's like, I feel like if I met them and I was like, well, it's been great hanging out, but I got to get up for my job tomorrow. They'd be like, ew. I'd be like, yeah. I'd be like, okay. Um, well, do you want to like do something next week? And they'd be like, well, we could go to Nobu. I'm like, okay. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they get matcha uh, lattes and go to Nobu. Well, I watched the D'Amelio show and tried to find anything. Oh my God. Anything endearing. That is one to, I feel like I'd rather watch like a paper towel or something. Like, I I, I don't. I, I mean, I get God it. bless so, them. God bless them. Yeah. But like, the in order for a show like that to work, there has to be a lot, a a decent amount of dysfunction in a family, or there needs to be someone who is like such a character, like, um, like the Chrisley knows best, like the, the gay guy who was married with a family, (laughs) but he's, but he's not gay, but like, he is um but like you need to have like someone who's actually compelling and i mean charlie and dixie are lovely people from what i can tell and their parents are lovely from what i can tell but that doesn't actually make interesting television like i know that i know that my family would also not make interesting television because we don't have a lot of drama like we're not that compelling to just watch on a day-to-day basis um but shoot what was i gonna say um, oh, the D'Amelio is just oh, being really boring. No, no, no. no. So what I was going to say is I think that the other issue when people get really rich and famous really young is that um, I actually think you need to be poor in order to know how to have fun. Like you need to kind of not have money in order to know like fun things to do. Because like yeah. I was um, when I was in L.A., uh, not that me and my friend are poor, but we're not super rich. And so right. like we were kind of like like, you know, for example, like we we like knew we probably weren't going to be going into a place that had like a cover charge. Like that, mm-hmm. that was kind of like, okay, yeah, we're, we're not going to do that. Like, yeah, we'll buy like, you know, $15 cocktails or whatever. Cause like, you know, when in Rome, but like, yes. you know, we're not going to spend money that we don't have to. And so we like, you know, we go to the, uh, my friend Margo took me to this beautiful spot to watch like the sunset in Malibu. And, you know, we're, it's like, you have to drive up into uh, the Palisades and, you know, to this little park. And, you know, and you see, you know, everything and it's gorgeous. And I was sitting there. And one of the things I was thinking is like a rich person would never do this because they like, they would never like go drive to like a park to watch the sunset. And they, and so it's like, 
I feel like rich people kind of don't know how to have fun because the only ways that they like have fun are when they're like invited to these like super exclusive, like VIP things. So I don't think Addison Ray would actually be that fun because she would have no creativity. Right. Yes. Yeah. 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 And they always just stay to me, like staying inside your house at your pool actually sounds so boring. Like, I, I mean, like they always go to each I'd love other. to have that as an option. But yeah. like, <laughs> you know, listen, we all, we all got to decompress every once in a while, but like, I, I, it's like one of those things where like, I, um, I would much rather like, you know, and even living in New York, I think that like, you know, everything that anyone has ever thought is cool was probably made by a, was probably like developed by right. like black broke drag queens uh-huh. um like broke skater kids uh-huh. um or like broke gay people yes and, and 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 like pretty much just broke people broke people made yeah. everything cool and so yep. like rich people have never actually done anything cool on their own they just co-opt broke culture and so yeah. like when i like when i go to like you know a dive bar and you know fucking you know i go to a dive bar and they're you know rupaul's drag race is on the tv and they're playing i don't know fucking dolly parton i'm like this is all from this is all from broke people you understand that yes. and it's the most fun rich yes. people have never had to make their own fun you know what yeah I'm absolutely it's a theory and I i've been i've been sort of developing yeah, no, I think so too. I also think when you were talking about kind of like the cultures, I was also thinking like I love going into little pockets of different neighborhoods, like little Ethiopia or Koreatown mm-hmm. or um, uh, like like little Italy's and stuff. And I feel like that to me is so fun. And you're right when you're super rich, I feel like you live just like, like a mansion. Like I don't know a lot of people that are like yeah, like walking into the little markets of little Italy or the you know in the or Koreatown. Or even just like going going through going up to. I mean, you know, an LA reference, um, going mm-hmm. up to the top of the Grove parking garage and looking over yeah. the entire fucking city of LA. Like that's, yep. so, that was so cool. And if I was rich, I would have never done that. Cause I would have been like, ew. <laughs> like, you know what yeah, I mean? You, it's like, you'd be, uh, be valeting your car at the Grove and then having like a personal shopper shop for you. And then, yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, and whatever. And, uh, or I'd be, you know, uh, walled up in my fucking Beverly Hills prison. Cause that's what that yeah. is. That's a prison. Right. Yep. At least in New York, when rich people are in New York, at least they have a penthouse and they can actually see outside of where they live onto, on, yes. onto the lower poor people. At least they have yeah. a pretty direct interaction. Um, but not, not in LA. Um, no, I agree. I think, it, I think I'd rather be rich in New York for sure. I, uh, I, I, I talk a lot of game about how, like, you know, I'll say things to my siblings. I'm like, well, you guys don't have to worry about your student debt. Cause like, I'll take care of it when I'm rich. Um, which is actually hilarious because they both have less student debt than I do, but, reg- <laughs> but I actually don't really want to be like rich. Right. I want to be financially stable. I want to have enough to be like overpaying my bills every month. You know what I mean? Yes. But, like, I don't have to like shuffle money around. Yeah. <laughs> to pay rent that's We're what, I, that's what I want to get me too exactly and my it's so funny where like what I dream of is like a cute little house in Glendale but mm-hmm. it's like that is I'm like you know a house that's like eight hundred thousand dollars <laughs> where like a craftsman home in Glendale where it is so funny where you're, I know you're the same way where it's like yeah yeah if you were to have like a town home in Brooklyn or something then it's like you oh know, my God, I'd, love, I'd love a I'd love a I'd love a brownstone 
in in Brooklyn and a house and, and, a, and a modest bungalow in Santa Monica in Santa Monica. That that would yeah. be how I would split my time. That's how I would yeah. do it. Um, it's a good way. Yes, and and that doesn't require making more than like I don't know, like that doesn't require making a bajillion dollars a year. You know what right. I mean? Like that's not mm-hmm. crazy unattainable. So right. it's it's uh, but yeah. Anyway. <laughs> anyway um, so we'll, we'll make millions off of our embarrassment but yeah no well this i'm hoping this episode is the one that skyrockets me i don't know i don't know if you've heard but i actually am the 136th ranked uh comedy interview podcast in uh wow. switzerland in switzerland even better i don't know how to say congrats in, in swedish right here in switzerland uh let's well, actually, um, so the Swiss either speak German, Italian, or French, depending on which part you're in. Oh. Um, yeah. So, uh, like, depending on which part is closest. This is what oh, I learned. Cool. Um, I, love, I feel like all those places seem really cool and better than I can. Than I can say thank you in all those languages. So to yeah. my Swiss listeners, um, merci beaucoup for my Francais listeners. Um Grazie for my Italian listeners, for my Italian Swiss speaking, Italian speaking Swiss listeners. Um, mm-hmm. And for my Germans, a uh, Dankeschön. Wow, look at that, worldly. You know, I know I'm a couple favorite. things. I know a couple things. I can, a, I, um... I can ask for a, 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 an alcoholic beverage and where the bathroom is in a few languages. <laughs> Oh my gosh. That's all that's all you need. That's all you that's need. All you need. And and water. I can ask for water. So I have like an obsession with um with Canadians. I love Canada so much and I like wish I was Canadian. And I feel mm-hmm. like anytime on our show that we have Canadian listeners or like it shows at any sort of Canadian chart, I'm like, thank you, thank you. Please yeah. Me. yeah. <laughs> I love you guys. I love you guys. God bless yeah, the Mountie. Yeah. Oh Canada. <laughs> yes, because I feel like if you're accepted comedy wise by like Canada I don't know that to me that's just a whole different level because yeah. like, I like their sense of humor yeah yeah I like yeah I like I like Canada um but yeah uh yeah Meryl thank you so much for being on oh no with so Campion fun. it's been an absolute delight um I would love for you to please take this opportunity to plug yourself to all my uh to all of my amazing and often Swiss listeners. <laughs> I love it. I'm here for everyone internationally. I love it so much. And thank you so much for having me on. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Meryl Klimo, which is M-E-R-Y-L-K-L-E-M-O-W. And then my podcast is called Campfire Shit Show. And it's about the shit show moments of life. You know, a lot of, obviously the themes of embarrassment and embracing your inner sure. shit our show. Podcasts, and- our podcast would definitely be hanging out at the same lunch table in high school. <laughs> At the Grove too. Yeah, yeah, at yeah. the Grove. Yeah, we'd, <laughs> we'd, we'd, we'd we'd all be sharing fries at Umami Burger. Exactly. I know Which these LA like, references now. The Umami, you know it. We'll have to talk too because I just got back from. Um, the podcast movement, which is like the annual conference. It'd be so cool if you could come next year. That'd be so much fun. That would be great. That yeah, would be great. It's, funny. it's all podcasters all at once. And it's so funny the way that we hand, instead of like business cards, people just like download each other's podcasts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just subscribe. Great <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, review on iTunes. Hey, this is my <laughs> yeah. email. It's very cute. So yeah, that's, um, it's campfire and then SHT show because we couldn't write shit. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I feel like between those two things, that is the best way to find find my stuff. Awesome. Okay, cool. Yeah, I will definitely, I'll link both, 
I'll link both of those in our uh, show notes so that everyone okay. will have uh, easy access to both. Um, so yeah, Meryl, thank you so much. Um, I will be sending you stickers as a thank you. Um, so I'll grab your address from you uh, off the air. Um, okay. But uh, for those of you who are not Meryl and you would like stickers, I have great news for you. You can get them one of two ways. You can either subscribe to the Patreon, three bucks a month, and you get new Do stickers it. whenever I make them. I'm trying to figure out a way to make a uh, new design that uh, is inspired by the White Claw logo because of my White Claw reviews. Um, and I'm trying to figure out how to do that without being copyrighted. So I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna figure that one out, folks. Um, and then uh, if you don't want to do a monthly thing, that's totally fine. I get it. Times are tough. I also have a coffee uh, page, which the link is in my link tree as well. And you can do a one-time donation, dollar, two dollars, whatever you want. However, you know, as little or as much as you want, and I'll send you stickers. Um, and then other than that, we are at Ono oh the Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Make sure you're following us there. That's where you're gonna get the most recent updates and clips and stuff like that. Um it, subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts and especially to my Apple podcast listeners, please do rate and review us. Um, I think I'm at, I've been at 12 ratings for a few weeks now, which is great. I love it, but I would love to boost that up and uh, you know, get more people listening. Um, and then for me personally, I am at, I am the champion on everything, but if you're listening, you, you might already know that, but if you didn't now you do. Um, and I think that's it. With all my plugs subscribe to the patreon you guys it's worth it yeah it's fun it really helps podcasters i think people don't i think people underestimate how much it really helps that's my plug for yeah it's plug. it's huge i um i mean i make like you know not to be tacky but i make like sub 20 bucks a month and that is huge because that yeah. is that that is helping me pay off my audio equipment that's helping yeah. me um like build up, you know, my business checking account so that I can do things like buy new stickers and write that off right. and, you know, stuff like that. And it just definitely helps uh, me like be able to like expand and grow the podcast and get, you know, my service that helps me make the little video clips and, you know, just stuff like that. So yeah, definitely. If, if you can, and I understand if you can, I'm not going to be mad at you, but if you can, I would really appreciate it. I feel like if they can't, they should take someone's credit card and, and just, you know, I would it. listen, if you want to commit credit fraud in, <laughs> in order to support me, yeah. I'm not going to condone that. Right. Wink. Mm-hmm. For, for wink. legal reasons, I am not condoning that officially. Um, but yeah. All right. Well, Meryl, thanks again. And uh, for all my listeners, I will catch you on the flip. Thanks so much. Thank you. Huge thank you to all of my amazing patrons, Grace Murray, Alana Coleman, Kira Sears, Jillian Townsend, Schaefer Nelson, Clay Moyhan, Haley Pregnall, Caroline Phelan, Stephen B., and Davidson Norris. You guys are absolutely amazing. You're the reason that this podcast can keep going. And if you want to be just as cool as them and also have access to all the White Claw review videos, then definitely please go and join the Patreon link in bio. Ono's theme song was written, performed, and recorded by Katie Stahl and Mackenzie Haight. And the amazing cover art was done by Devante Burse, uh, at Devante Burse on all socials, at Designed by Devante on Instagram. <laughs>